Welcome everyone to this week's edition of Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk. This is actually our 343rd episode. I am Chris O'Mealy, and I am joined by Dan Peck. Uh, uh, hey, Castlevania Season 3. There you go. There's something to watch. It came out. Watch it. You should watch it. Uh, Glenn, still on hiatus, but uh, Jeff Trelowitz came up with a theory as to why Glenn has not been around. He believes that Glenn has contracted the coronavirus. Oh, that's the third in North Carolina. <laughs> Maybe he's been gone for a month because he's actually patient zero. Patient zero. And this is how the apocalypse starts. Yes, with a super cold. Be careful, everybody. Yes. Uh, yes, the weather is miserable in Pennsylvania as well as North Carolina. Dan, we have gone the entire month of January and February up here with no snow at all. We are going to have that means, the... That means I've gotten more snow than you. You have. Because we had a day where it snowed for a couple of hours. <laughs> I mean, it has flurried a little, but like, I think we've the last accumulation we got was before Christmas. In fact, I know it was because it accumulated and I was upset that it was going to disappear for the 25th of December. And then it did. And I'm like, well, hopefully we'll get some soon. And now as we record this, it's March 6th and nothing. And even though I've lived in the North long enough to know that you can't discount snow until like after tax season is done. uh, Yeah, this has been... This has been the least amount of snow I have ever seen living in the North in my entire life happened in 2020. And, you know, say whatever you want about climate and blah, 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 but something's definitely screwed up. I think we're in for a polar change. Yeah, well, then I'm just going to have to move somewhere else because I like my snow. Because the poles are going to switch. Oh, boy. That won't screw up anything. Well, while we still have access to recording podcasts, we're going to present to you a podcast before technology becomes fried. So, as you know, the show is brought to you on CKCC Radio via Podbean. You can subscribe there, ckccradio.podbean.com. You can get notified every time a new episode goes up, and you can check out our other shows there. And for those of you who skip the plug section of the podcast, shame on you, because A, I don't talk forever doing plugs. I try to get them through quickly to get you to the actual meat of the show. And B, that's so rude, because you're going to be missing all the other cool stuff. If you're a Paranormal fan, Jeff Trelowitz has a bi-monthly podcast where he talks about his real paranormal experiences. He just uploaded a new episode last weekend, which discussed all the locations he wants to visit. Uh, Jay Bunny's Music Hub, that's Jason Shin, and for those of you guys keeping track, we are still uploading The Backlog. We just uploaded the ninth episode interview with Matt Young of the Pride of Ireland, and that actually was recorded on September 17th, 2017, so we're going through the whole backlog there. For those of you who have been paying attention, you know that the Motivational Moves podcast with Adrian Cotton, your monthly motivation drops the first Monday of every month, and the second episode, entitled See Your Vision Clearly, dropped on March the 2nd. Hopefully you checked that out already. Oh, 
and the Stupid Sexy Podcast, where Dan and I review every Simpsons ever. We'll be debuting a new episode this weekend. And there you go. That's all stuff you can check out. And it's a classic episode. It's a good one. Well, and which is which is funny because we're in season one, and you can't always say that about season one episodes. No, this one has a iconic ending scene. Yes, one of the best endings of an episode ever. Also, uh, Marked Reviews has just released his newest blog. For those of you unfamiliar, my buddy Mark Adams has started his own blog where he reviews two movies, an article, and his newest one reviews the brand new Invisible Man that just released and Downhill, which is his uh, straight to, or as he says, it's uh, now showing versus now playing. Uh, Actually, I believe that one might be a theater deal either. Uh, One of those is not a positive review, and you can check that out if you head to... I'll give you the website right now. Markedreviews.wordpress.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-D-R-E-V-I-E-W-S.com. And I'm hoping to have Mark on a future podcast when we start doing some roundtable episodes. Because Mark's a big movie buff. He knows his films. And I want to have a couple of movie people on to discuss various film topics throughout the years. He'll be a good person to have on there. But this is a pro wrestling podcast that you are listening to. So odds are you're a pro wrestling fan. At least I believe you are. Uh, Dan, what was the answer to last week's trivia question? Oh, my last week's question was, who has the most reigns as DDT Iron Man heavy metal weight champion? You know, it's their little hardcore title that has had various champions such as a ladder. And there was that year or so where Joey Ryan was champion and they had all those viral videos and stuff. Uh, Kenny, well, the most Kenny Omega. Yeah. The most reigns is DDT Iron Man heavy metalweight champion is Shinobu at 216 reigns. And he is in first place by one reign. Oh my god, who's in second? Uh, Yuko Miyamoto, who they were in a big years-long feud, and they swapped that title probably 200 of those times. Good God. Like, it's so crazy that even uh, Wikipedia is like, uh, the dates of his title loss is unknown, but uh, we also don't know how long it was. We <laughs> just know that it happened. Now, DDT, is that the promotion with the Invisible Man? Uh, that... I mean, they would do that. Is that where Kenny Omega wrestled the Invisible Man? I feel like that's the promotion where it happened. I mean, that's the one where they have, like, blow-up dolls and stuff in Battle Royals. I know he did that, yeah. There's, like, a blow- there's a blow-up doll. And then there's, like, a guy that's a rip-off Hulk Hogan and a guy that's a rip-off Shawn Michaels. Oh, but the j- joke is always that the rip-off Hulk Hogan guy sucks and the rip-off Shawn Michaels guy sucks. Um, am I, I, I might be wrong, actually. It's uh, Joey Janela fought the Invisible Man. Kenny Omega wrestled the blow-up doll. I'm just like, they've done all kinds of stuff. That was Sideshow Pro, it says. They did an Invisible Man uh, match this last Mania. 
and there was a table spot where the Invisible Man went through the table. That's awesome. I don't even know how you do that. I don't know exactly how he did it, but I've seen like, a gif of it where he whips him and the table breaks and Bryce Remsburg is the referee. <laughs> so you know he's reacting. <laughs> oh, God. Because Bryce is one of the best reacting refs in the world. <laughs> <laughs> because he's a freaking uh, improv guy. <laughs> you got a, you got trivia for this week, right? Yes. You know, it's called the WWE Intercontinental Championship, but how often does it get defended in other countries? I don't know. But this question is, who is the most recent wrestler to win the Intercontinental Championship in a different continent? All right. So there's only two ways this can go. This is either really recent and it happened in Saudi Arabia, or more likely uh, it happened... A extremely long time ago. So. Because this is a, a different continent, so, you know, they pop into Canada and things happen from time to time, but that's not a different continent. That's a different country. Right. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, well, it could have been one of the England shows, because they, they do England shows pretty often. I'm like, or it's it could be a Saudi show. But more than likely, it happened during, like, the Bret Hart era. I mean, I know, so, I know it changed hands at SummerSlam '92. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh God, is that the answer? We will find out later. Oh no. <laughs> All right. A uh, little bit of news. Actually, I think that was the first time. Okay. You know, not not counting the uh, fake tournament in Rio de Janeiro. Correct. Which never happened. Which never actually happened. All right. So, starting off, dryer sheet news with a little WWE stuff. Uh, Of course, we know that Vince McMahon has, quote-unquote, reportedly given up on Ricochet and has is unsure about Shayna Baszler. And it's it's news, but, like, you know, it's... But she's still favored to win the Chamber match, so... It's still... It's typical Vince stuff, you know, like... He's always changing his mind about people. You hear that stories all the time. Typical I'm, Vince stuff, like ripping up the entire Raw script an hour before the show. Which is incredibly typical of Vince. You know what's funny is there's so many historic reports about WCW being considered a failure because of how often the show was changed before it went live or it was still being written while the show was on the air. But then, like, Vince does the same thing. And he's been doing it forever apparently that's the kind of stuff that didn't happen like when he was at ringside calling the matches i'm sure once he stopped that a lot of guys lost a lot of freedom (laughs) i have a feeling i have a feeling yeah um but if you're looking forward to raw next week you'll get to see stone cold steve austin because it's taking place on march 16th oh hell yeah which means Steve Austin on Raw. Well, that's yeah, that would actually be about next week because it's not this upcoming Raw. It'd be the next one. Uh, the cage matches have pretty much left everybody a little bit hurt. So that's great. Yeah, I think everyone they listed everyone except for Velveteen Dream. <laughs> <laughs> so Dakota, Tegan, and Roddy are uh, rough, you know, because they kind of did cage matches. So they have some cuts and they have some bruises. 
So they're listed day to day, and they're not going to do full workouts and stuff for a few days at least. It happens. As they assess. As, well, yes. That's what cage matches are. Yep. Um, I mean, they say a regular match is like a car wreck. I mean, that's got to be like going through a few of them. <laughs> now, we do have some interesting news coming out of WWE this week. First off, we have brand new tag team champions. And I'm happy about this because I don't like the titles being on the makeshift team of Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy, who doesn't even have it's Buddy so anymore. Weird. So uh, weird. The Street Profits have been on TV for a really long time. They're constantly in hype in hype segments. So even though they're not getting match time, they're being put over because clearly somebody's a fan of their work. And they are good. I mean, they're they're a pretty solid tag team. I, I Nothing like... I, I hate to compare them to Private Party because that's what, what who everybody compares them to. Private Party is probably the better team, but these guys, like, to me, it's a big deal that Angelo Dawkins was floundering in NXT for, like, five years, and he finally gets a tag team partner that he that he gels with, and they end up on the main roster together, and that's pretty cool. You know, somebody who's been working his ass off gets his break. Just like Scott Dawson, and yet that it ended very differently. <laughs> well, I mean, the Revival has had the titles, but... <laughs> well, the good news is the Street Profits are tag champs. They are a really good team. They're good workers. They're charismatic as hell. They're over. That's important. So And they, and they want that smoke. They do. They want the smoke. You know, and the... I mean, I... I didn't think anybody in in the latter half of the 2010s would be able to get a red solo cup over. And yet here we are. And there's nothing in the cup either. That's the thing. It's an empty solo cup. And it's over as hell. And then the color, it changed colors. Now it's black. Sometimes it, I've seen it gold once. But yeah. Then it's not a red solo cup. Well, it was when they started. They got a solo cup over. That's impressive. But there's a country song about red solo cup. There is. I fill you up. It's time to party. Yeah. I have a wife who's very into country music. You don't have to tell me. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. You know, I actually... Sorry! <laughs> I, pref- I actually am okay when she puts on her endless Taylor Swift playlist. Because I would rather listen to Taylor Swift than country music. T-Swizzle. It depends how what T-Swizzle she plays. That she plays is the first also true. Albums. She plays the first couple albums. That is country music. Yes, but for some reason, because she, because it's Taylor for some reason. Like, I don't mind female singing country music. Like, I don't mind Carrie Underwood or, uh... Oh, God. You like the, the Carrie Underwears and the, and the T-Swizzle? I don't even mind, like, Leanne Rhymes. Like... I, I don't know. I don't... I like female vocalists. And... For... You know, their their music just sounds more pleasing in that countrified tone than, like... Uh, there is gonna be a boogie. And it better be a boot scoop! You know, I'd be okay if she put some Johnny Cash on there, but no, that's not the country she listens to. She listens to the, the, the modern era, like, pop country, which... It could be worse. She doesn't listen to, like, real Southern redneck shit, which is good. 
To date rape country? Oh, God. No, she does not. But still, like, I'd rather listen to, uh... I'm alright with the... I- I'll take the pop music. My I mean... family had a long country streak in the early to mid-90s. Well, from what I understand, she got that from her dad, because her dad was is really into country music, and that's, like, that helped. Which is funny, because she like... grew up... She's a city girl. I grew yeah, up in the country. They live in Philly? Yeah. yeah. I I grew up in the friggin' country. I grew up in the mountains, and I listened to metal. But my music influence came from my sister. Because she was... The, when, uh, when I started, like, started to slowly form a musical taste, you know? Like, like right around that middle school age, when you're really starting to figure out what kind of music you're really into... She's like, I'm going to help put him on the right path. And she made me a mixtape. Remember those? Yes, I used to make a bunch of them for friends. And I specifically remember she put on there a bunch of Metallica, Foo Fighters, Beastie Boys. There's other stuff, but like those are the big three that I remember. And I'm like, I love this music. And it was that's how I, my sister is why I became a Metallica fan. So I'm... We I, had... Three country stations when I grew up. Three of them. It was Three. this was this in New York? Yes. Well, it's, it's more, from... We had more country stations than top forty stations. Well, you were in No, you weren't in rural New York. Oh, I was rural, but we're still talking Syracuse stations. Yeah, but still. So, so but there was three country stations. Good and, lord. And and two Forty stations, and really only one heavy station or hard rock station. I've noticed that too, because uh, Lancaster has at least two country stations that Shannon switches back and forth from, but they only have one true rock station, and they actually promote it as such. The, the true rock only station. rock station. Well, it's uh, we, it's Harrisburg technically but you are correct everything else you said is correct harrisburg's only real rock station and what's funny is they'll be like the only place you can listen to acdc shinedown and lincoln park and then they immediately put on a band that's not one of those they put on like highly suspect i'm like what the hell (laughs) i was kind of hoping for one of those three bands but you you gave me a fucking swerve bro And then finally, one of the country stations went out, and it became a top forty station. So oh, jeez! They swapped numbers. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a couple of countrified ish songs that I tolerate, but yeah, for the most part, not a fan. But I'm gonna do a little day drinking. But yeah, I would say can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Yeah. Uh huh. I know some coworkers who are going to be doing that tomorrow. <laughs> I, I, not to blow up your spot, but I do know a co. I have a coworker who pro, who pretty much drinks his entire weekends away. And uh, you know that's, that's what you, you got to do. Can't remember. <laughs> See, I can't. I can't do anything like that, even if I wanted to, because I drive for my job. So I couldn't even. I couldn't even indulge of a little of the Mary Jane if I felt like it. Because if I get a surprise drug test, that's the first... They, they wouldn't fire me. That would be the very first thing they do is they would pull my ass off the road. They would be like, well, you're not driving anymore. And I quite literally drive for about 25% of my work week 
because it's the first half of Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Because now I have three days on the route. You get back about halfway through your shift, generally speaking. So, yeah. And maybe a little more than 25%. Somebody somebody can do the math and figure that out. I'm not going to. Well, it's half of your day, three out of the five days. So, that's... Well, if you if you split each shift in half into four-hour increments, there's ten of them. And I would drive for three of those. So... Whatever, what percentage is 3 out of 10? 30. And there you go. So 30%. I, I was actually pretty close. Yeah. I do math good. Michael English? <laughs> anyway, uh, Street Profits are champs. Next. Matt Hardy's contract has expired. He is now a free agent. He, he gave a big thank you to the WWE for everything that they've done for him. And then he showed up at the Young Bucks house in a YouTube video. Is he the exalted one? Maybe. Yes. Well, there's three possibilities who the exalted one is. Although I still think they're going to swerve us. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, well, now I did a thing where it's like, oh, it might not be that one person because they might be doing this other thing. Well, yeah. Uh, screw it. Let's talk about it now. Jake Roberts debuted on AEW, and uh, he's definitely going to be somebody's manager. The likely choices are Brody Lee or Lance Archer, and they're going for Cody. So it's it's basically between Matt Hardy, Brody Lee, or Lance Archer is going to be the exalted one. Because we'll get to this on the VIP show, but it is not Christopher Daniels. Unless it is Christopher Daniels, which... I don't know. I don't know how I would do that. I don't know how I would book it. I don't want that to be a disappointing payoff. You didn't want it to be like it's Vince McMahon is the leader of the okay of the cult. If Vince McMahon showed up on AEW TV leading the Dark Order, I would bless me, Daniels. I would mark out harder for that than I have ever marked out for anything. Frankie Kazarian, I noticed that you're bald. Did you quit on me because I wanted you to shave your head? That is what happened. <laughs> Dude, what's even worse is that he he lost a hair match in Impact like two months later. Well, not two months later, but two, two months after he came back to Impact, which would have been five months later. I I wonder if he did that as a as an fu because like he was they were going he requested his release with the with the hair stuff and they were like all right now you can keep your hair he's like i still want out they're like well we're going to put you on tv and give you a push and he had four matches and he won all of them and then he was gone so he actually had an undefeated wwe career i remember that cuz i re- at the time i was tracking cuz i was really following frankie kazarian and then uh, who knows? I mean, we've had the dumbest reason I've ever seen somebody quit WWE is there was a couple, and they both got called up, and they were trying them out on dark matches, and for like two weeks in a row, one was on a Raw show pre-show, and the other was on a SmackDown pre-show, and they're like, "They're gonna split us up. We don't want to get split up. Let's quit." And they quit. Who was that? I don't remember. It was like Kristen Astara and somebody else. She's not even with that guy anymore. She's married to fucking... 
Christmas Star is married to Connor the Ascension, something like that. Maybe. I don't remember that, but that's really funny. But they were just getting tryout matches, right? Yeah, they were just doing how they were doing the dark matches. Uh... And just they were doing one on Raw and one on SmackDown, and they're like, oh, well, they're going to split us up. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yes, she is married to Connor of the Ascension. Uh... Like cheese. All right. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, so yeah, we're gonna see, see what's going on there. Uh, but speaking of AEW, WWE is actually blocking superstars from appearing at events and cons that AEW stars are also at. Now this is not confirmed. This is a rumor, but uh, I mean that's not the first time they've done that, and it's not gonna be the last. So. Well, they pulled. They were going to do a thing uh, with Jerry Lawler. Like this happens to Lawler quite often. Yeah, he'll book a con show because he has a bat. He has like an. He has like one of the original Batmobiles. Yeah, and so he'll do cons because he, he's he sells Jerry Lawler his... and he has a Batmobile. Doesn't he also sell his artwork too? I'm sure he does, but like because he has a weird deal with WWE, like they will just randomly say, "No, you're not going to that con." Because somebody that pissed off Vince is at that con or or whatever. Uh, you you can't appear at that con. Why? Because Chris Statlander's at it. Oh. And what looks Chris Statlander? She's like some weird alien chick. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Which is funny because in reality she's a. Uh... Really, that's really not like an alien name, but I do I do like Chris Statlander. But and she has to. Well, I can't can't really say well she has to appear human when she's outright saying she's from another planet. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh. So yeah, no cons. And then uh, they had a meeting before Raw about the coronavirus, and they're like, uh, "We're still not going to cancel anything." But yeah, just uh, did you see the uh, the graphic that somebody made on fa- on Facebook? It's the WrestleMania 36 banner, and all the wrestlers have face masks on. <laughs> I'm not seeing that. I know that's funny. Yeah, so, like, where does they have this, like, lengthy thing? And, like, even people ask, like, wrestlers afterwards. So, like, so what happened? What What are you going to do? What What do you say? And they're like, uh, pretty much that there's nothing we can do about it besides hope and pray that everything goes fine. Coronavirus really isn't spreading as fast as some of the other uh, outbreaks that we've had, though, in the past. So I think part of it is kind of a media scare. But you know what? If you're... I mean, 3,000 people have died, so, I mean, it is serious, but it's also a super cold. So, unless you're, like, immunosuppressed, you should be fine. If you start to feel sick, just go see your freaking doctor. Like, Just don't be nasty. Take care of yourself and don't wa- be nasty. Wash your hand. I like the thing where it's, like, coronavirus spreads through interactions with people, and then it's introverts going, 
yep, we're good. <laughs> We've been training our whole lives for this moment. Yeah, like I'm good, except for my sister works at Walmart, and my grandmother does stuff with other really old people almost every day. My only honest issue with, with these outbreaks isn't me, because uh, I'm not concerned about catching it, because I know that my my immune system is actually really strong because of my allergies, because my allergies made my immune system go into overdrive to a point where, like, you know, like, fucking... To the point where, like, I just don't get sick sick anymore. And if I do, it's really rare, and I get over it quickly. Like, I still cut... Every now and again, I still get the stomach virus. The one that lasts for, like, 24 hours. But you only throw up for, like, six of it. And then you're done. And then you're just you're just miserable for a little bit. But that's, uh... That's, like, the rotavirus, or whatever it's called. Or rotavirus. And it's, uh... Has nothing to do with it. You just, uh... You're just kind of you're just kind of screwed. You just kind of got to do it. Either puke or shit your guts out. Yeah, get it out of your system, pretty much. Like I've I've gotten that twice in the past two years, and it's it's miserable, but it happens. Um, I had it's more miserable is when you get a twenty four forty eight bug and it fits exactly into your weekend and you don't. Yeah, miss it. yep. I got chicken pox on Thanksgiving. I missed two days of school. <laughs> You're supposed to miss a whole week. I feel like I get the flu shot every year because my job does free flu shots. Oh yeah. So, but you can still get sick from it. It just, you don't get the full thing, but like. Oh hello, that's Lily. By I, the way, I, I heard that. Yeah, <laughs> I think everybody on the show is going to hear that. See, what's funny I is don't, I don't always hear it when you say that it got heard on the show, but. I heard that one. Oh, I, I have fun playing it back for my wife because uh, there are times when she does it like in a lull in the conversation and it's the only thing coming through the audio. <laughs> in fact, our very first episode on CKCC Radio has a very perfect Lily cry because she does it right as Glenn is finishing his point. And you hear me like start to respond, but I'm giggling because my cat just screamed. <laughs> By the way, for the record, you know, nobody can see this because it's an audio podcast, but my other cat, Perry, is laying on the couch next to me, and he's just super handsome. He's just laying mm. there, and his eyes, are, his eyes are sleepy. He's just being a good boy right now. Lily, on the other hand, wanted to make sure everybody knew she was around. Mm. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's my biggest concern, though, is that I did see a thing where a dog contracted the coronavirus, and I'm like, okay, now we got a problem. I don't care if I get sick, but if the cats get sick, now someone's going to die. I'm going to find patient zero, and I'm going to flat-out murder him. Well, I mean, it's already fucked me over around New Japan. Like, they're they're filling in with stuff, but it's not, you know... It's <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's like interviews and talk shows, which are in Japanese. Oh, yeah, Dan, got any New Japan news for us this week? Yeah. There's like interviews and stuff, but if you want to read, uh, if you want to read a video, like it's cool that they put out content. But like, yeah. Uh, one more piece of news, Dan. What happened in North Carolina recently? Oh, somebody got arrested. And, and who... no, it wasn't Jeff Hardy. As a matter of fact. <laughs> it was Teddy Hart, and nothing has been disclosed other than he. Uh, busted. Chances are it was the wacky weed again. Yeah, probably. Walking around with like a pound of weed because you're freaking stupid. 
We got some questions this week from our lovely listeners, the uh, the cult of kayfabe, as I'm going to start calling you guys, because that's ex- that. that's exactly what we are. We the, how bad the kayfabe order? Cult, but cult is spelled correctly. No, cult is spelled with a K. We're going to be like that shitty message board. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Never. Uh, so first question I want to answer comes from Adrian Cotton, author of a little book called AWO Big Time Players, Episode 1, The Beginning of Change. And if you're part of our Facebook group, Club Kayfabe Home of True Wrestling fans, that you've probably been seeing a lot of memes because Adrian really wants you to buy his book. So y'all better be doing that. Buy his book. I listened to the Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard podcast, and on one of the episodes, the topic was Goldberg's first run with the WWE. One of the things that was said was that the reason Goldberg didn't get a push similar to his WCW push was because he was only contracted for a year and they couldn't have him run through the talent with longer and more valuable contracts. Fast forward to now, do you think that statement is a little hypocritical? I mean, considering he's signing two match contracts? <laughs> no. I mean, um, they still did the undefeated run, right? That's why they just started him out. Yeah, because his only loss was Triple H. Until he, uh, yeah, he lost to Triple H, then he won the title, then he lost the title back to Triple H, and then he pretty much was undefeated. Um, Sacrificed in the nation chamber. Bruce Pritchard, as I've been hearing from a lot of people whenever they do interviews and the name Bruce Pritchard comes up, and I've heard this from a lot of wrestling talents, from Kevin Sullivan to Arn Anderson to Jim Cornette to Ric Flair to... uh, Oh, God, I've heard this from other people. Um, I heard it from even friggin' Greg Gagne even said this. Bruce, and he, I don't even know how much interaction he had with Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard has a tendency to uh, alter history a little bit and sometimes forget details. The specific detail I remember about Goldberg's first run was that he didn't run through all the talent because they didn't have enough talent for him to run through. That was a big issue that they had was because WCW had a had a roster of over 260 guys. And there was a shit ton of low-card guys. So it was easy to find people for Goldberg to run through. But because of the roster split and Goldberg only being on one show, he only had maybe 15 to 20 at most low to mid-card guys that he could conceivably run through. And I think that's why he had like four matches with Stevie Richards. Um... So I think the main reason is just because they didn't have enough people that he could run through and still protect people. Um, and he didn't even have matches every single week. But I mean, I saw Goldberg wrestle one time in person. He fought Rodney Mack at Madison Square Garden. It was the five-minute white boy challenge. At the time, Rodney Mack was undefeated. And then out comes Goldberg, and he just ran right through him. You know it's the Mac Militant. That was my one and only time seeing Goldberg perform live. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say that... Uh, I'm not necessarily saying Pritchard's wrong, but I, I do sp- distinctly remember hearing those stories. So either those stories were false or Pritchard's false now, but either way, I don't think... Uh, I don't think it had anything to do with valuable contracts. I, I mean, if you really look back on the, the difference there, I think that's... I think that's the really the answer to the question. They just didn't have enough people. So, 
right, let's get another question in here. This one from an old friend of the show, Ellis Holmes. You might remember him from such shows as the Ridiculous Points or Consequences game, where he attempted to award 33 and a half points. Fortunately, because he is not a patron, he's not allowed to do that. Watch, he's going to sign up and become a patron just so he can come on and do points again. You know what, Ellis? If you become a patron, maybe I'll actually let you do that. Give me your money. We can talk. We've got to get the money. The money has to come through first. Yes, exactly. Uh, so if, if you sign up today, we got to wait until the 5th of April <laughs> before we have you on. Uh, is it time for AEW to introduce a mid-card title? Very interesting question. Uh, I think it's still a little too early in the game. But you know when I would do it? Because I know they're they're getting a couple more roster people. They, they're definitely signing some more people. I think they need to this sign summer? a couple. Uh, yeah, I would actually say debut it at your one-year anniversary show in October. That's what I would do. Yeah, I was recently thinking of things they could do for their first anniversary show or things that they should do by their first anniversary show. I think a new title would be perfect. I think that's that's exactly when I would do it. Uh, it's still a little too soon right now because they don't have enough mid-card. They don't have a big enough mid-card right now. Um, I was seeing uh, about like them having six-man titles because we're getting more and more six-man groups. Uh, I want to see some more. There. I want to see some more six-man groups before some we get trios. that. But Some more trios. But if we can actually get a trios belt on American television, AEW is the company that'll do it. Because, you know, Vince is never going to go for that, so... Even though he books a ton of them. Yeah, I'd like to see. I love six man. I love trios matches. King of trios. Love King of trios. Yeah, I love how they're like, oh, and we have Rick Knox doing this match because he's our multi-man specialist. And I'm like, bitch. Fucking Bryce Ramsberg referees King of trios. The biggest trios tournament every year for like 12 years now. (laughs) Uh. This one comes from Matt Hardman, host of the Race Nerd Podcast, a partner show of Club Cafe Wrestle Talk. Speaking of titles, do you think the 24-7 title ran its course after being defended on Raw in a legitimate match with none of the shenanigans that usually come along with that title? Thanks, Riddick Moss. Yeah. Uh, No. It has definitely not run its course yet. Uh, Not by a long shot. And uh, I actually think it's beneficial to the title. To have it hold some sense of legitimacy to have a couple of matches here and there. an actual booked match that happens in the ring. Like the hardcore title, right? I mean, there was a couple of super legit hardcore title matches. Like that Undertaker-Rob Van Dam match. You know, I think th- I think that's what you need. Every now and again, you need to do something like that. So, yeah. 100% uh, it has not run its course. Um... And That's one of those ones where I mean, it's a stunt title, so you can just always just take it back. Correct. Yeah, you, they can just drop it anytime they want. It's just there for fun right now. They can just be like, you know, like they did last year before one of the Saudi shows. They did. They filmed like five title changes in front of the plane and on the plane, and yeah, it's just for fun. Uh, last question this week comes from the master of questions, club member Randy Moyer. You're going to be hearing his name a lot when it comes to questions, but he asks good questions. 
why does it seem like Vince or whoever is in control of creative seem like they don't know how to book African-American superstars? From Bobby Lashley to Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, and Apollo Crews, it seems like they keep booking them in stereotypical roles. It's not 1987 anymore. I agree. Uh, I don't think black wrestlers in 2020 should be booked in any kind of stereotypical role unless it's uh, unless it's specifically done as a character created by them. And that's what they want to do. Um, now, I don't really think Bobby Lashley's in a stereotypical role. I just think he's in shit storylines. Uh, Cedric doesn't have a storyline. So that's not helping. Uh, I know Ricochet, there's a lot of heat about that because he lost to Riddick Moss clean. And everybody sees that as Vince being a prick. Although, that could also be Vince trying to put over Riddick Moss as a talent. But Ricochet is just the guy. I don't know. Uh, Apollo Crews is just grossly misutilized, but he's been teaming with Shorty G a lot lately, and that's been something that they could do more with. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you, except that uh, some of these people are stuck behind the times. And I, I can tell you, though, that that's not creative that does it, because, you know, I know people who work there. And uh, that is 100% not creative. You know who that problem is? You already hit the nail on the head. It's Vince. Because creative, believe it or not, guys, this will blow your mind. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you've already heard me say this before. But creative, and this has been well documented, are fans just like us who try to write stuff that fans just like us would really love to see. And none of it ever goes through. <laughs> And then Vince rips up the raw script an hour before the show. And the average tenure, from what I understand, the current average tenure of a new creative writer is six weeks. Because new people constantly come in, realize it's shit, and are just done. Yeah, I think uh, I I am still of the firm belief that when Triple H takes over, a lot of things are going to change for the better. And, uh... Yeah. I got nothing else. <laughs> All right. If you guys are patrons, and we have a couple of patrons here who deserve shout-outs every week, such as our buddy Glenn Kukan, Patient Zero, Randy Moyer, Jeff Trelowitz, Jay Winger, and Adrian Cotton, we want to thank you guys for your patronage. This week on the VIP show, we're going to do a full detailed rundown of AEW Revolution, and I want everybody... To hold your hats, because I'm about to knock them off your heads. I am going to speak highly positively about this pay-per-view. and Because I've got a reputation for being an AEW hater because I've been critical of them. I read the comments in the groups, guys. I understand. Uh, I'm going to have... I enjoyed about 90% of the show, which is about 60% more than I've enjoyed of recent WWE pay-per-views. Yes, I will be nitpicky, but it's no more nitpicky than I've been over any other WWE show. So just because it's AEW, don't get mad when I nitpick stuff. It's the same shit that I nitpick on everything. But I know how people get. They they are they see you nitpicking the thing that they like, they get mad, but then if I nitpick something that they also didn't like, then suddenly it's, oh yeah, you are totally correct and accurate with that. So 
keep an open mind here. I do definitely still disagree with Dave Meltzer on some of the stuff he said, and I'll address that. Oh, speaking of Meltzer, um, I heard something recently, Dan, and I want to get your thoughts on this. So, you know how there's been, like, I don't know if you follow any wrestling Twitter. Unfortunately, I do, because almost everybody I follow on Twitter is involved in wrestling. So I see this everywhere. But there has been an intense... uh, I don't even know what you would call it. Basically, a lot of hatred towards Meltzer lately, more than usual, about his opinions being presented as facts. Which, a lot of the times when he writes stuff, that is how he writes it. You know, it's uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and all this other stuff, but it's a fact that they do this. You know, there's no opinion. It's all blah, blah, blah. And somebody wrote in, Somebody, it was like a teacher or something who works with special needs children. And I know there's going to be a joke there, but stay with me, people. (laughs) Um, They wrote in, they said, studying how Dave Meltzer approaches stuff in all interviews and everything, he he exhibits a lot of the same, uh, a lot of the same attributes as somebody with high functioning autism does. And I listened to that and I thought about it and I'm like, you know, that would actually make a lot of sense because if you know anybody who has Asperger's or just any kind of high-functioning autism, a lot of the times they come off with this attitude that what they say is right and they it's hard for them to perceive things as being different and have spirited debates. And that's also why a lot of them retain a lot of useless information about specific dates and places and things because they're just really good at remembering that shit. That's how a lot of that stuff actually works. That's an accurate thing. And I I do know some people who have been diagnosed with Asperger's, and I know some people who I'm highly suspicious of that are pro- more than likely do have Asperger's. And I know you guys hate hearing his name, but good old Antonio... I strongly believe he has some form of high-functioning autism because that would he exhibits – not only does he exhibit a lot of that stuff, but then if you actually uh, talk to one of our group members from Australia, Matthew Anderson, he said one time he actually sent him one of those tests where it was like – it's like if you have autism, you'll identify with, with these things and you can like send it to people to see what they say and uh he actually wrote back Matthew and he was like, dude, I identify with like 75% of the things on here. And that's when I realized that maybe that's explains a lot about him because of now, of course, you know, some of that's upbringing. He was an only child raised in a very spoiled slash overprotective household. And so I, I know that can alter it a little bit, but that would explain a lot about his personality. And I think somebody said that, uh, Meltzer exhibits a lot of that same stuff, and if you actually break it down and study it, I think there's some accuracy there. So, that's why, like, now I'm not so hard. When people are, now, when I see people are like, fuck Dave Meltzer, now I'm getting a little more defensive there, because it's like, well, he might actually have autism, so maybe... Also, he's been doing this for 40 years. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe we should. Longer than I've been alive. Maybe we should be a little, little easier on him. 
But also, he's a guy with an opinion. Yes. And uh, speaking of his opinions, he released his 2019 Wrestling Observer Awards. And uh, I'm not going to go through the whole list. You guys can check it out. It actually is in our group. Uh, Group member Alan Craig shared it. But uh, it basically followed the format of this year's Faves. And uh, I think Dan and I probably agree with like 90% of it. Yeah. Uh, the only specific things that I definitely disagreed with, uh, I don't think Corey Graves is the worst TV announcer. I'm sure you're only counting commentators. I personally think Excalibur is worse. And that was definitely shown on the pay-per-view because during the pre-show, he did a much better job as a play-by-play guy. <laughs> but when he's a color guy, there are times when you can actually hear Jim Ross rolling his eyes. <laughs> so... But again, that's, like I said, Meltz has favoritism there. Um, yeah, that's a shame. I don't know why they do that. Yeah, I, I don't, well, I don't like three-man booths either, and I'll get to that before we get to points or consequences. It's, yeah, it's, it's a three-man booth, and they're all lead play-by-play announcers. Um, I do disagree that Seth versus The Fiend at Hell in a Cell deserves worst match of the year. The only reason anybody's voting for that is because the finish was fucked. The match itself was not bad, but again, that's one of those things you can't really uh a, a bad really the finish can ruin a great match. It, it, it can. And a good and a good finish can redeem a shit match. And that's true. I've seen that before. Um otherwise, uh I I 100% agree that most improved wrestler was Lance Archer. Never freaking thought I'd say that. Yet here we are. And worst show of the year was Super Showdown, and I hope that's just earmarked to be in that spot every single time. Whichever Saudi show was most recent. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, you know, uh, Meltzer also stated that Young Bucks versus Omega and Hangman was the best tag team match he's ever seen. And it wasn't even the best tag team match on pay-per-view in the month of February. Because Undisputed Era versus Broserweights was better. But again, that's melts for you. Um, yeah, I can I can segue into three man commentary boost being shitty. But uh, yeah, so let's let's be nice to Meltzer maybe a little bit. I mean, I think uh, if you're still a fan of the Autism Observer, enjoy it. I think it's a great publication. The wrestling autism. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I got it. I'm probably. <clears throat> one of those people too i just think they, they got the adhd because that was the thing in the 80s um, yeah but testing for autism wasn't a thing in the mid late 80s when i was well who knows so, i mean it's been proven time and time again that you don't autism is perfectly functionable to live you know it's hey you know who has asperger's abed on community abed nadir abed nadir and he acts like somebody else Asperger's, but uh, Shelton Cooper on Big Bang Theory does not have Asperger's, according to the creators. No, but he's not full blown. He's full blown autistic. But uh, but uh, Jim Parsons, the actor, believes that Sheldon has Asperger's and portrays him as such. So, yeah, I mean, you can you you uh, I mean, isn't that that's a common thing with idiot savants? is that they uh, they have a very high-functioning form of autism. They have super memories, but, like, they view numbers as colors, and and they they, get, they have very, you know, they, they have a lot of issues with social anxiety and big crowds and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's just, you know, it is what it is. I take nothing away from Melson. 
And of course, I have to now title the episode Autism Observer. So, because what else could I call it? So, I want to I want to talk about the uh, the GSW show I did last weekend. I had a lot of fun. I'm not going to bury anyone specifically, but I am going to nitpick a little bit here. So, it was a five match show, uh, three singles, a triple threat tag, and then the rumble, which actually had 24 individuals instead of the the blackjack brawl which I designed was supposed to be 21 man, but they put in some extra people and supposed to be 25. And then they took someone out. So it was 24. Um, John Salinas helped orchestrate the show. He helped book it. He ran the music and everything. And uh, it was a benefit for his Cub Scout troop that his young son Logan is a part of. And I believe uh, ref Matt Derline's daughter is in Cub Scouts. So, you know, there was a lot of cool stuff there. I'm not going to mention the guy who actually booked the show by name, because I don't know if he listens to this show. He's a, he really is a nice guy, and he means well. But this is a perfect example. This was a one-off, okay? This was a one-off show that was a benefit. GSW is essentially a dead company. So it was a one-off show to do a benefit fundraiser and just have some fun. This guy overbooked the show to an absurd degree for an independent one-off wrestling show. Like, you should have seen my page of notes at the commentary table for the Rumble. There were so many specific notes about how to book this match, and I don't know how much of it actually came true, because I didn't even bother. I'm not going to call a Rumble based on those notes. I'm calling it like I'm seeing it for the first time, which is the way you're supposed to call wrestling matches. So, I kind of ignored it, but I did kind of just look over. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is ridiculous. Um... And if I got a sheet of notes, I'd just be like, no. Like, this is a... You just... You tell me, like, something like if a guy has, like, a supposed injury or something, and I can Yeah, that up. tell me... Like, I went to a lot of the guys beforehand, and I was like, hey, what's your character's background and everything? Yeah. And I got I, I got remember those even notes. Pat talking about that one, that first GSW show when they came back, like, five, six years ago, where he, he talked to Stevie before the show, and he's like, oh, yeah... Uh, I got hurt by Abyss on Impact this last week, so put over that injury. Yeah. So he did. Like, that's stuff I want. Or I want to be like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to get over my suplexes, so try and put over my suplexes. And I'll be like, okay, I'll try to put over your suplexes. There you go. Yeah, we got got a couple of story-driven stuff in there. Um, The big thing for me was that there were just... My number one criticism with with AEW... Is a completely different... You know, my big criticism with WWE is that everything is controlled by Vince. He's too hands-on. He doesn't let people go out and do themselves, right? I mean, can you agree with that, Dan? That that's a big issue? That's the number one issue. Right. Well, AEW has the opposite problem. They're too loose with letting people do what they want, which is why I'm always critical of them. Because they do shit on national television that I've seen in independent shows because... There is no general. They're just like, go out there and do whatever you want, and people do that, which is a very WCW-esque thing to do. And that bothers me. If they had a little more control in that company, I think they'd be beating Vince actively right now. But they're an example, not to the degree that independent shows are, because they do have some generals, but you know what I mean. Like, you can tell... Maybe the average fan fan can't, but I can, and I have a feeling you can probably tell too if I point it out to you. That uh, you can tell when guys are going out there and just doing what they want versus what's going to work. 
It's an example of letting the boys do what they want and and being too afraid to tell them no or just not wanting to tell them no and the results speak for themselves. You know, this show, I don't think any of the matches this back to GSW by the way. So nobody's confused. I don't think any of the matches stayed within their time limit parameters at all because people just went out and did what they wanted. And cuz I mean it was it was like 10 o'clock at night and we still hadn't gotten to the freaking rumble yet. And I was like, well, we're going to be here forever. But uh that's just that's always how it goes and you and I love these guys and I'm not burying anybody and I'm not but you know I I think timing is a big thing and and I I don't like working shows without time limits. Like I think that's a big thing. That's actually something I really like in AEW is they have time limits, you know? What Justin Roberts goes out there and he says this match scheduled for one fall with a 15 minute time limit or TV time remaining. NWA Power does time limits. Like I love that shit. Um I think uh I, I think we need more of that. And I think I think not having time limits is absurd. And that was again, one of the things I remember JR talking about in the early two thousand was a big mistake. Cause that's a, a tool out of your tool chest as a booker. Right. It's also uh, it also ruins the sports presentation of professional wrestling. Because every other sport out there has a time limit. Every boxing match every mma fight has a time limit that's the point so you don't go forever remember what happened when matches didn't have time limits they would go three or four hours and people would two of which they were in a chin lock yeah so yeah anyway um moving on from that like i said i'm not here to bury anybody but this guy, this I mean, there was no control here. And Salinas was actually getting pissed about a lot of this shit. And, and but again, he wasn't like, you know, I love you, John, but you weren't stepping up to control anybody. You know, he kind of let this other guy kind of book whatever he wanted and let people. But what I'm leading to with all this is the big problem was he promised too many people that they could sit in on commentary. So it was supposed to be me and Chris Decker calling the show, but we had a third person and sometimes a fourth for every fucking match, and that was driving me nuts because I probably talked less than 50% of how much I actually wanted to talk or could have talked. And and I could be very stubborn with shit, and this was one of those times where, like, because Decker and I are going over stuff, he goes, all right, so we got to factor in, like, which matches you're going to sit out so this guy can join commentary. And I looked him in the eye and go, I'm just letting you know right now, I'm not sitting out any matches. I came here to do commentary. I'm not sitting out because this guy promised all these other people things that because he's too afraid to tell people no. And well, like, and ask you to do the show if they weren't gonna if they were gonna do that shit. They only had two headsets, so the third guy had to sit between us with one of those old 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 school microphones, and he had to sit between us so he could hear me and Chris. So. He would be able to participate with us. Now, some of it was fun because Irish Kev Spencer got on commentary. Uh, Coach Leroy Skull is his gimmick name. And we had a blast calling the match with him. Uh, Joey Image sat in for the Rumble. Uh, That was fun, except that Joe and Chris 
would talk so hard. Like, I was trying to get a spot over, and Joe and Chris were talking so much that by the time I got the gap to put the spot over, three other spots had happened, so there was no point in calling it. So I kind of went a little silent for that one, but I let that one go because the commentary was fun. And, like, uh, Phil Stamper sat in on commentary, the president of pro wrestling, and he's a good guy, and he had fun too, but the whole thing was just that there was just too much... There were too many cooks in the kitchen too often, and when a fourth person joined, it made it really hard. And then the guy who overbooked the show fucked us on commentary because he turned the audio down on one of our matches, and that match had no commentary. And Jusselinus was fucking furious about that. But there's nothing you can do. It's, you know, it didn't record, so it's not like you. there's no source to take it from. Oh, well. Nothing you can do. And, of course, that was the most story-driven commentary thing because uh, that's when the GSW champ was sitting in on it. Kind of ironic because he spent the whole time calling out John Salinas and going, where is that guy? And John was actually sitting right next to him doing audio. (laughs) But, you know, independent stuff. Uh, But overall, a good show, good time, a lot of cool people on it. Um, Adina Steele defeated Kit Raff in the first match. I want everybody to look up Adina Steele and follow her. She's going to be big. She has, not only does she have all the tools to make it in pro wrestling, but she's also really gorgeous. She's a gorgeous woman who can wrestle. So do you know how many bookings she's going to have? And she is only, she only just completed her rookie year. Because she officially graduated last February, I believe. So, Adina Steele, look for her. And Kit Raff is killing it on the West Coast. Um, The Chris Banks-Adam Kane match is the one that sadly didn't get the commentary, which kind of stinks because there was a lot to go from there. Chris Banks' gimmick is that he's a cool cat who dances and has fun. Adam Kane's gimmick is that he basically walked off the set of Mad Max Fury Road, and he feels like he's forgotten, and he wants to brawl and kick everyone's ass. So it was a really cool Styles conflict, and we worked really hard to put that match over. And you'll never get to hear us put that match over now. Um, the triple threat tag match was pretty damn cool. That was basically the... Uh, it was a bunch of the Northeast Pennsylvania teams. Cash Masters were in it. Blue and Gold and uh, Diamond City War Machines. So they kind of just went out and did their own thing. A little lengthy, but fun. The uh, The Rumble was funny, though, because 1 and 2 eliminated themselves... Three comes out, and it's Tommy Boy Floyd, whose gimmick is that he's fat and he dances. So he danced. When number four came out, he booked it and ran to the concession stand and started eating. (laughs) And at one point, he fed Matt Reth Durline a cupcake. And Matt finished the show with just blue frosting smeared on his face. And he goes, I can't complain. That cupcake was really good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Tommy Boy Floyd did the whole thing where, like, at one point, he just, like, he gets back into the ring, and he realizes everyone's about to kick his ass, so he just eliminates himself and walks off to go eat again. And then, uh, my memory is not serving me well because I legitimately forgot what the la- other match was. And I apologize to the participants of that match. I, I, it was the, uh, it was the replacement match because, um, Brute Van Slyke could not make it. Oh, it was a uh, freaking chubby daddy. Trajan Horn had a singles match. Yeah, Trajan Horn had a singles match, and he wrestled. Well, he went over, so I, I actually don't remember 
whose opponent was. I think it might have been... Oh, it's A.J. Evers. Yeah. A.J. Evers, the uh, the mayor, as we're calling him, because A.J. Evers actually legitimately works in Harrisburg and works for the governor of Pennsylvania <laughs> and uh, actively worked on Donald Trump's campaign in 2016 and was actively working on a couple of the Democratic campaigns in 2020 before those Democrats dropped out. So he's like an actual government guy. So we kept calling him the mayor of Funky Town. Good show, though. Good show. A lot of fun. Uh, some annoying indie stuff, but I'll overlook it because I had a really good time. And uh, like I said, uh, lesson to anybody who will ever run a show ever, you're in control. Tell people no. And don't promise people stuff if you're not going to deliver. Because uh, there were other people who wanted to join commentary and they just couldn't fit. Because at one point, one guy wanted to be on at the same time. There were already four of us. And there was only three actual microphones. <sighs> so yeah. But I had fun. So that's all that matters. You ready for points or consequences, Dan? I think that's... uh. Oh, is that what's next? <laughs> yeah, why not? So uh, Dan's turn to give out the points and he wanted you to mesh two songs together. Give, it a, give me a mashup. Uh, let me get a big swig of water here because I'm going to attempt to sing these. Oh, man. So I wanted you to give me the section in one of the songs where the other song comes in yeah. to a funny or cool result. Exactly. Uh, I believe you only got about 12 entries here, so I'm not going to destroy my voice doing this. But uh, <clears throat> here you go. First entry. I tried so hard and got so far. But in the end, the minnow would be lost. The minnow would be lost. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that one's good. Give it a preliminary... Prelim. Earmark. Yeah, preliminary earmark. I mean, I might, like, yeah. All right, there might well, be a lot of earmarks. I don't know. All right, so, well, I, I earm... If you I can... end up with, like, more than, with four or more... It, they're not going to all get bonuses. <laughs> so. <clears throat> all right. Here's your next one. I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. Yo, man, let's get out of here. Word to your mother. Okay, because I was, like, going to bury it if it went through the whole Coke and Haley brother. <laughs> nope. They went... That was a thing from a couple of years ago that came back recently. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah. Nope, that was Ice Ice Bitchy. <laughs> that's not what they called it i i came up with that do not credit that to the author that is mine <laughs> uh, points all right regular old points there okay i like your tag better <laughs> <laughs> sorry all right <clears throat> i'm gonna try this one <clears throat> here we go Mm, bop, bop, dop, dop, doo wop, dooby doo, doo wop, ah, ah, get up, come on, get down with the sickness. <laughs> uh, yeah, earmark that one too. <laughs> All right, doing good so far. Let's see how this continues. I actually don't know the, um, <sighs> 
I don't unfortunately know the 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 rhythm to the first song, so I'm I'm gonna read it. If you can pick up on it, that's great. Like a game show contestant with a parting gift, I could not believe my eyes. Deep in the jeans she's wearing, I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh baby, I want to get with ya and take your picture. So the first song was "Run Around" by Blues Traveler. Yes. Okay. I unfortunately don't know the rift, so I can't sing that one. But I'm sure you picked up "Baby Got Back." And it goes into "Baby Got Back." That's pretty good points. All right. Excellent. <clears throat> I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction. Cause I try and I try and I try and I beat it, beat it, beat it, beat it. Beat it. <laughs> No one wants to be defeated. <laughs> God. Couldn't even do it because I'm fucking laughing. Yeah, that's funny. Beat it to satisfaction is what I'll call that one. Satisfa- satisfactory beating it. Satisfactory beating it. Yeah, well, sometimes that's all it is, is satisfactory. All right. Say your prayers, little one. Don't forget I want to fuck you like an animal. Yeah, yeah. I guess we can call that one Closer Sandman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Points. All right, I'm just going to tell you right now, that was Patient Zero. Coronavirus, yes. Patient Zero, we miss you, but... Confirmed. <laughs> a singer in a smoky room... The smell of wine and shots, 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 shots. The smell of shot, oh, shots? Yeah. Don't stop believing and shots. Do you know shots? Nope. By LMFAO and Lil John. That's the whole chorus. Shots, 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 shots. shots. It's terrible. Mm. It's fucking I like the, like the other two LMFAO songs. I, I like one LMFAO song. <laughs> I like Party Rock Anthem. And I do like that one. And, and Sexy and I Know. Party uh, Rock Anthem. Sexy and I Know it's alright. But I, it's a much better song is Party Rock Anthem. Uh, points. 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 Alright. Chase Lindsay. Mm-hmm. But we still got some, some meat here to get through. Alright, so I don't know... How this song goes. It's an Ed Sheeran song, so of course I don't fucking know it. But apparently nice. but so. appar- apparently it has the exact same rift as the other song, so I'm just gonna work with it. And then we start to dance, and now I'm singing like no, I don't want no scrubs. A scrub is a guy and I can't get no love from me. Hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride, trying to holla at me. There was a lot more TLC than Ed Sheeran there. Well, the uh, it said, listen to both songs and tell me they don't sound similar. You're welcome. It was the was written at the bottom. Uh, no, I did not listen to this because I... But if you're giving it points, I'll give it points. Yeah, I'll give it points. Here's my matchup for you. It goes like, everybody dies. It's now or never. <laughs> I ain't gonna live forever. <laughs> I always hear that every time. And word is he has the rights to the music, so he's going to use it in AEW. That's awesome. (laughs) That's freaking awesome. 
You come up with a lot of these actually. That would be that would be fun. <clears throat> All right, here we go. This one will be easy because I know these songs. Eh, on this day, I see clearly everything has come to life. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's gonna be a bright, bright, bright. sunshiny day. <laughs> wow, that song came up from during freaking D and D yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not one of your D and D people. In fact, this is somebody you actually probably don't ever interact with. <laughs> well, if it was one of my D and D people, they would be having their entry late. So. Oh yeah, that literally came true. up. It came up at after nine p.m. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe this inspired it. So, <laughs> I mean, that's possible. I don't know, but yeah, you get points. All right, all right. Is this no? This is not penultimate. Okay. Mental wounds not healing. Life's a bit of shame. I'm going off the rails on a crazy train, never going back. Wrong way on a one-way track. The crazy runaway train? Crazy runaway train. Dang, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I give you I give you points because that was a good entry, but it didn't like pop me or anything. Okay, fair enough. All right. Let's see. Is this, penultimate? this is penultimate, yeah. I don't want anybody else. When I think about you, I cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Wow. That took a turn. <laughs> that went dark. Went from masturbation to self-mutilation. That, that went AEW dark. With Dasha Fuentes. <laughs> It's the only way I get to see Leva Bates. So, Leva Bates was on TV this week. Oh, well, I haven't seen this week. She needs to be on TV more often competing for the AEW Women's title. Point. And your final entry. Working for a living, I'm taking what they're giving, cause I'm working for a living. Take this job and shove it, I won't work here no more. Sorry, I don't fully know the Huey the Lewis, first and, Huey the, Lewis in the news. Yeah. and Johnny Paycheck, yeah. I mean, it's a good it's a good riff, but I can't sing it cause I don't know them off the top of my head. I've heard the songs before, but I can't like, I can't get them into my head. So don't, don't punish them because of, uh, because of that. That works. It's points. Indeed. I grew up on Huey Lewis in the News. Huey Lewis in the News. That was one of the ones. Huey Lewis in the News. Uh, Billy Joel. Those were some of the big bands. Billy Joel. Still love Billy Joel. He's so good. My favorite Billy Joel meme is the one I saw recently where it's like, for a song called Piano Man, the guy with the harmonica sure won't shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. All right, so you had uh, you only had two earmarks. Yeah, it was going quick. quick yeah. then. it was uh, the the uh, the in the end and Gilligan's Island rift, and then the uh, Mbop and down with the sickness rift were your uh, your it's earmarks. Probably the, the two most brilliant, I would say. I M H O, and guess what? It is only my humble opinion counts because it is my game. Correct. 
only humble opinion. Uh, I will give the first one the win. I tried so hard. It was like the biggest transition out of nowhere and the... went completely a different direction than I expected. <laughs> the mina would be lost. All right. So, Although obviously boners because of the ooh ah, ah, ah. get up, come on, get down with the sickness. All right, so your winner is penalty or is preliminary winner Dan Dahl walks mm. away with the victory. The earmark, however, goes to me. Ooh. Um. So I'll just tell you who who they were because. Copy. There's too much text to copy and paste. It's gonna be annoying. Uh, ice, 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 bitchy was Randy Moyer. The blues traveler, Sir Mixalot, was Taylor Chadwick. Uh, the satisfactory beat it was Adrian Cotton. I already told you, Glenn's. Uh, the LMFAO journey mashup was Jay Winger. The Ed Sheeran TLC, you're welcome, came from Ellis because he always has to have a line in there. Uh, believe it or not, the Alter Bridge Johnny Nash. Mashup actually came from CJ Hardman, who hasn't played in a while. But his brother Matt gave you the crazy runaway train. Uh, finally, touch myself last resort. The dark AW dark turn was Russell Wright, and the final entry, which was Huey Lewis and Johnny Paycheck, was Jeff Trellowitz. Those were your players, your playas, if you will. And I believe with that victory, Dan Dahl now leads us in most wins. Because he like won last week too, right? Yeah. I, I, I am behind in updating, and I'm well, well aware of that, guys. But I'm pretty sure he's the first person to score two victories. It's a lot of math, even though it's it's hundreds and fifties. It, it actually takes um, some time to update, because then I also time. have to update the new list. Um. Which is the uh, the number of plays, and I'm also updating the number of wins. So there's there's more to it this year. Uh, I try not to fall behind too often, but it it just you know it is what it is. It happens. There's times where we record during the three hours that we have available for the entire week. <laughs> Correct. So you know, it's but, like uh, uh, yeah, you got to get up at ten, so we're recording by eleven thirty, and I have to be gone at two. <laughs> yep, that happens a lot. But yeah, uh, Dan, from where I've updated, Dan had not yet procured a win, but he did win last week. And the week prior that I still haven't updated was a Randy Moyer victory, and that was Randy's first win of the year. So yeah, Dan will be your winner in wins because he's the only one who's gotten multiples this year otherwise adrian cotton alan craig ellis holmes jay winger matt hardman taylor chadwick and tom dickinson have all uh of course there's still nine months and three and a half weeks left in the year <laughs> oh he's leading with two okay people yeah it's march it is it is surmountable it's march and remember you get a prize at the end of the year just for playing if you don't actually pull off one of the full victories. So, like, just play every week. Just try. Even if you get no points. 
So it's going to be somebody who played every week, every single time. <laughs> no, it's going to you know it's going to go. The prize is going to go to that one person who <laughs> played like two times, and it's, everyone's going to get pissed about it. I have a feeling that's going to happen, and I'm going to laugh when it does. But uh, so yeah, there you, you give go. Everyone like one entry for each time they played. Yes, that's exactly how it's going to work. So someone's going to have 50 entries and someone's going to have one. And that person might actually win. But, you know, but that's what it is. It's a random drawing. You just, you get another name in the hat, so the odds are in your favor. But they could win that way. I mean, if it was me, it wouldn't happen because I don't have any luck like that. But but you might. May the odds be ever in your favor. Exactly. So, yes, uh, that's our show for this week. Remember... Big AEW review on the VIP show. It's only five bucks a month. Patreon.com slash Club Kayfabe. There's no excuse. Five bucks a month gets you an exclusive bonus show, and there's eight episodes already up there that you guys can listen to. Oh, my goodness. So you're getting hours worth of content, of bonus content, for $5 a month. In fact, you get get roughly about four hours, over four hours of bonus content a month for your $5. That's... Uh, I mean, that's less than two bucks. Yeah, even when there isn't a big review, it's still an hour. So, I mean, this might be a shorter show because we're only going to talk about the one thing. But still, like, there's no reason not to. You're getting bonus stuff, and the patrons Plus you also, also get control of what happens. Like, we're every week we ask them if there's anything they want. Yeah, like we go. Well, this week we did the, we did the pay per view, but next week we have open. Yeah, and you get they if get to you choose. guys want us to do the next couple episodes of Raw. Or you want us to do a specific pay per view. Uh, one thing I and one thing I want to do, and I've mentioned this before, is I really want to do like a uh, a pick something from history that was either really awesome or really shitty, and we'll the review show. the show that it took place on, so we can find the other stuff on the show that was either like. And the two examples I gave were the uh, the This Is Your Life episode of Raw. Which is one of the oh, greatest good. things ever. Review the whole show, and then the uh, the Katie Vick infamous angle, and we'll review the whole show. So be like had a damn good match right before. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that'll be a. Uh... Also, you also realize that there's more than just episodes of Raw and WWE pay per views that are available to us. Well, in fact, we just reviewed the first two episodes of Raw, and we had a good time with it because. Uh... Because they were actually pretty fun shows. I mean, Raw in the beginning was awesome. That it was a uh, very heavily influenced by uh, by Southern style. So, so yes, <clears throat> that's our show for this week. VIP content for everybody else, and check out all the CKCC Radio stuff coming your way. Maybe soon. Patient Zero, Glenn Kukan, will be over the coronavirus and his 12-hour disappearances a day. And maybe we can actually finally get him back. But uh, otherwise, uh, plan on me being your point czar again next week. Yeah, if he's back next week, he's getting two weeks in a row. So, Well, yeah, because he's missed. He's officially missed one. But if he misses and another one, then he's going to be owed another one. So, Well, I mean, he would be his turn next anyway. And then the missed one. Correct. So... so gotta make up for it we gotta keep it even because we don't want to have one of us dominating way ahead in in uh stuff and points of consequences and stuff like that 
Because exactly. that's not fair. We it's also want it to fair. be. It's also we also want you to be able to have your strengths or weaknesses. Getting one of us to give you points or not? Exactly. Still, we still mostly give points. Um, like I do that that game, everyone got points. It's it's hard for me to uh, to really bury somebody if they're popping me or if they're even clever. Like as long as you're clever, I'm pretty good with your entry. Well, I'm pretty much unless you break the rules. Yeah, you're if... probably gonna get points. But I've noticed I have the reputation of being the one that's hardest on everybody. Well, there's a lot of weird things that I have done for a long time and done like minorly, but recently, and it becomes a Chris thing. It's really weird. I kind of, I kind of find it funny to get, uh, to get heat for. I say some pretty awful stuff. That, by the way, I don't believe. I just do for the fucking. The pops. <laughs> I I genuinely enjoy uh, when people when people like give me heat for something that I had absolutely nothing to do with because I just think that shit's funny. I'm just like, that's oh, also, awesome. I'm sorry that in the last month or so I have been putting up, putting forward really, really bad booking ideas. And I had been saying edge versus Roman for a King of the spear match. And I'm sorry because we're going to get Goldberg versus Roman in a King of the spear match. So I apologize and I will try to do better in the future. Sigh. But yes, that's a uh, that's a thing that's happening. That's a thing that's happening. So, all right, but we are we're gonna head out of here. So we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Bye.